OTB Sports Rugby. What do you make of the Scott Robertson rumours uh, to replace Lancaster at Leinster? That's new, that's new to me. Um, I hear it and I like it. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB is here in Kilkenny. I'm meeting with a friend of the show, former hurling legend Taggy Fogarty. We're going to chat about the glory days, retirement and how life is treating him now. But first, we need to grab our coffee for the road. Ready to rock? Let's go. So how is life now, Taggy? Uh, life is good, Ash. Yeah, life is good. It's um, busy. Yeah, really mm-hmm. busy. Um, doing a good bit busy at work. Um, didn't hurl this year. Um, was this the first year? Yeah, first year, yeah. So I don't know whether I'm retired or not retired. I'm not too sure. But, You're just uh, taking it a year away. Taking a year away, yeah. Well, actually, what happened, I got involved in a team in Dublin. St. <coughs> Vincent's Camogie team. And, oh, brilliant. Uh, yeah, that kind of took control of my life. And I, could, I didn't have time to come back to the club, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I was involved with them. And uh, just went from there. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So uh, it was uh, something different. What yeah. was it like, I suppose, not going out every evening to play, to pick up the bag, to know you're going out to play? Yeah, uh, it was very strange. I suppose I did have the coaching thing, so I was on the move. Mm. I was in a hurling field, I was in a coaching capacity. But it was very strange, and I think it really hit me around Championship. Um, don't want to buy their house. You know, the texts were coming in, Championship was on, training was up, and they were playing certain games. And look, I always loved playing Championship for, or for the club. Yeah. Uh, that's what it's all about, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I missed it, yeah. And I think. I still have a offer, so I'm, I'm not officially saying I'm retired. There's, there's a junior B team in the club now, mate. <laughs> I might go back and try to take a few frees or those. <laughs> and when you watched them run out, I suppose, for the first championship game, what was it like? Like, uh, Did you get a feeling in your stomach thinking, geez, I should be out there? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was really strange. It was kind of... And my gut was telling me, like, geez, I'd love to be out there. Mm. Like, ah, look, I just love hurling. I love the club, and that's where that's where I started off. And there was a kind of camaraderie there with them and all the boys there, and they're still playing. Now, look, I'm touching on 40 now, so I can't complain. I had a good few, good running with them. But uh, yeah. it's just, yeah, it, I hate saying I'm retired. You know, yeah, kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just need to take a year <laughs> I just, away. I just leave it open. But in terms of going back, what can I commit to the team? Uh, what can I do for the team anymore? Like, you know, you, you have to come call, off the bench and. You have to call it day sometimes you know? yeah 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 I think with county you probably have to say you're retiring or not but I think with club you can always yeah. see how you're feeling look you still see so many lads like in their late 30s early 40s and they're still doing it for their clubs that's it you see on social media there it's coming through that such a guy you know 38 years of age scoring one two and you're kind of saying that could be me you know that could I still have that left in me you know uh, but really for me it's the feeling it's the feeling of going out in the field it's the feeling of winning it's just the joy you get from it, you know. Mm. Like that's a big, that's a big aspect of your life, kind of gone, you know. Because that's all I know. I've played hurling since six or seven years of age, all, all through up through the years, up to literally last year. So that's all I know, and it's hard to step away from that. Yeah. And what was the reason? Like, was it your body telling you, look, you need a rest, or? Yeah. Well, in terms, in terms of Kilkenny, um, it was, uh, I suppose, a, a mixture of both. It was game time. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't getting the same kind of game time that I was I was um, I was getting before. Um, I was 32 years of age. 
I suppose in an intercounty setup, you always think you can you can commit to something. You have something left in you that you can uh, you know that you can give to give to the squad. But if you're not getting game time, Ashling, it's it's very hard. It's very hard, you know, especially when, when you're always it. getting game time. Yeah, when you've been through it, when, like when you start off, it's fine. You're waiting to get your chance. You yeah. get your chance. You run the team, and then you're off the team, and that that's actually terrible. But it's tough because in your later years, Uncle Kenny, that's that's what happened and. Was that tough at the time, I suppose, to come to terms with that? Like, you had eight All-Irelands, but I'm sure you were still... Yeah. It was tough to take. I tell you, I went through a period, around 2012, I was in Great Bay in the farm, and I was on and off the team, and it was really, really a hard time because I felt I should be on the team. Mm. Um, do you know what? It was a really hard period of time. Where I, was, I was playing off or Galway in our final in 2012, and it was a replay, it was a draw match, it was yeah. a replay, and I was dropped for the replay, and I just... That struck me really, really hard. You know, it's, you're kind of taken on board. Oh, gee, was it my fault or whatever the case may be? But and I was that close to nearly kind of going in 2012. And if I did, you were that annoyed because I was that annoyed, yeah. And I was that kind of. I, I said I was in a great vein of form. I think it could have been 12 to one for a harder year. This is this kind of things. I only found out afterwards, but them kind of things was really, really hard to deal with, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you're going well. Um, and then, you know, I said if I had to leave, looking back at it now. If I had to leave then, I'd probably be the most bitter hurler walking around the place. Yeah. Know, because I have, I have a serious chip in my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee you, I wouldn't be here today actually even talking to you if I had to leave then because... It'd be a different story. It'd be a different story. Mm-hmm. I, would. I would. I would have walked away, as I said, probably a bitter man. And I stuck on for 2013 and 14, And I played actually really, really well. But what I came to terms with was myself. As in, get myself ready do as much as I can do and whatever else happens happens yeah just something just go look just be ready or look we're looking at this or we're thinking about changing up because of, of that mm-hmm. whatever but that look that wasn't Brian Cody's style anyway no uh, either way so uh, it was just it was hard to go over but that was the challenge mm-hmm. and that's the challenge of Intercounty I think for a lot of guys it's the mentality of it all it's, it's, it's how you overcome these challenges and as I said if I had to walk away then I wouldn't be I wouldn't be here today and I wouldn't have I had a great year 2013 you kind of got early our club went on to the county final uh, I was in super form 2014 the same I was on and off the team but it kind of didn't bother me because i just mm-hmm. come to the stage of look I'm giving it all it's going to be my last year and I was happy to walk away and there's two things I was happy with I was happy with walking away and not being bitter Yeah. and I was happy that it was in my control and I was on my terms Do you feel that moment was almost meant to happen in a way for you to to I don't know leave on a, on a positive note or Yeah um Hard to know. <laughs> you still rather didn't have to But it's hard to know. Look, as I said, intercounty and look, as you said, I, brilliant years. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't change it from anything. Um, but it is a challenge. Intercounty yeah. teams is a challenge and is a challenge in terms of injuries, starting, you know, social media, people talking about you, papers, what's written about you. And it's more so prevalent today than, than, than back in my time. So, mm-hmm. you know, there is challenges. Now, totally enjoyable and I wouldn't change it for the world. And you spoke about the mental side of it as well. Like nowadays, there's a lot of sports psychologists that work with the team, but I'm guessing there probably wasn't that side of things no. back then. Uh, for us, definitely not. No, it was... Um, there's no arms around the shoulders it looked to kind of stand up and kind of be a man about it kind of thing and take it on the chin in the next game but I think it's it's coming to light even a little bit more with, with players about uh, you know how you feel off the field and I know we're kind of maybe getting into emotional kind of things but that's sport you know you, you do become emotional about things you you are a human being um, it's, it's well and good to say because a lot of guys would have came into the setup 
excellent hurlers, brilliant hurlers, uh, better than I ever was. But I suppose maybe the mentality wasn't there, you know, to deal with certain things. Yeah. Well, this is what they say a lot of the time. Like, you can have all the talent, but if you don't have the mental side of it or if you don't work hard enough, you know, they're the, probably the things you need, along with talent. But sometimes hard work beats talent. You need to be an all-rounder. Yeah. And I think mentality is, is huge. And even you talked about kind of being on the team and off the team. When I walked into the Kenny setup. I was on a crest of a wave. Mm. No, I was putting the short... 21 at that point? Uh, 21, yeah, 21 at that point. But for the for the matches, then finals, I remember I was more worried about getting my shirt and my jeans ready for the match rather than putting the boots and the helmet at in the game. At 21? Yeah. What, oh, yeah. Daddy? <laughs> for, for the senior, because I knew I had no hope of coming on. I, I, I was part of the panel, but I was only in for that summer. So I was in a So what are you thinking about the night's end? The out, yeah. It's just like crazy <laughs> stuff. Uh. It's the best you know, bit. And people would be surprised. But then there's a time comes where it's either make or break. And when you're actually kind of making the team and being on the team, your whole mentality changes. Mm. It's just, you're just focused. You're going to work, but you're thinking about what do I have to do to prepare for training tonight, hydration, everything. It's just, it consumes you. You know, it consumes you so much, but I don't know whether it kind of has to consume you. Maybe it does to get to that level, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a total different kettle of fish. And when you first went into the team, can you remember, like, I don't know, for the first time in the, the changing room ahead of, like, maybe a first championship game, who was beside you? Or was there big names at that point that you were like, I can't believe I'm in this dressing room? Yeah, uh, like, of course. People think my first championship game was against Wexford in the Leinster final. Uh, but it was actually against uh, Dublin in Carlow in, a, I think it was the first round of a championship. And uh, full forward line was Henry DJ and myself. Yeah. Uh, so like, DJ was my idol. I I yeah. liked DJ Carey. He was just he was just unbelievable. And as a forward myself, I just idolised him. He was brilliant. You know, so exciting player, just fantastic. Um, so like to him, Peter Barry. You know, just really just fantastic hurlers. And it's like that in the dressing room. You walk in, and unfortunately for me, I came in when Charlie Carter left. Yeah. And the whole county was just sick that Charlie Carter left and I walked in kind of oh I'm taking Charlie's place it was this new fella and guess where I sat in the dressing room I didn't know I sat in Charlie's chair Charlie's (laughs) bench where he sit and the boys absolutely <laughs> ripped into me. Now, in fairness, I had JJ Delaney, you know, I had Tommy Welch, I had Jackie Taylor, which was playing under 21 with anyway. Yeah. But the, the, the sneering in the bit of crack, I was like, God, you took his place, and now you're taking his seat. Kind yeah. Of thing. <laughs> no, I was, straight I was, in there. I was really keeping my head down, you know, I was barely looking at the lads, and this kind of happened, so yeah, it was an eye opener. And were you nervous or excited? Like, obviously, Brian Cody going in, you don't know what to expect. I'm sure you, you heard stories of what he was like as a yeah. manager and all this. What was he like? Yeah, obviously I was nervous going in. Yeah, of course I was. And look, Brian has, an, Brian has an aura about him. He has a presence about him. You know, a brilliant man. Um, I suppose when I went in first, his guard was down a little. Um, he would have mingled with the players a lot more. Okay. Yeah, he would have had. Uh, down 2003, 2004, he'd been dressed him having a bit of crack with us, you know, a bit of banter, a bit of sneering, and, and he loved it. And, and he's actually good crack. And he loves the guys, the team spirit, and he loves all that. Mm. But it changed. Um, and I felt the change around 2005 Galway Betters in the semi-final and bet as well and I think I think Brian actually said afterwards that he got too close to the players okay and he wanted to change things he felt that was a reason he felt yeah that maybe that was the reason that he, he got too I won't say soft but he got maybe too complacent you know and he definitely put his guard up and definitely from 2005 2006 onwards that there was he was the manager and we were the players 
and there has to be a there has to be a separate ground. Mm-hmm. That's that that's what I felt, you know. And you could see it in his presence, even on the dressing room, talking to guys. He just stepped away from it. He was the manager. And do you feel that was a problem? Like when you were saying he was closest to you, and then he stepped away. At that point, did did you feel that had any effect? He's on the pitch, or not at all? Like okay. not at all. This is a personal decision, I'd say, by Brian. Or look, maybe I'm overthinking it, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure that I heard somewhere that he like he, he got too close to the players, and it wasn't affecting us at all on the pitch. Maybe he felt yeah that standards were slipping. Standards were slipping, and maybe he felt that if he was friendly with guys or you know having a bit of crack with lads that he wouldn't see the standards slipping yeah. from the outside because it is a bubble you are in a bubble in there and you know I talk about matches and different things the 2010 All-Ireland we got bet for the five in a row we were in a bit of a bubble there was 5,000 at training clapping us putting balls over bar you know Yeah. and did that seep into us slightly now don't be wrong Tipperary you're unbelievable on the day and we, I don't think we would have won that game no matter what but it kind of crept in so in terms of Brian Cody he's thinking Maybe he was stepped outside the bubble and looked at things a different perspective that he'd see things slipping, the standards slipping. And when you had big wins, say not the All-Irelands now, maybe prior to that, and you're building up to that, did he let you go out and enjoy things? Yeah, he did. Was he strict? Was there drinking bans? No. Like, it's a, I think people thought we were robots yeah. back, in the, back in the day. You Eight All-Irelands, Daggy. Yeah, like, uh, like we, we didn't really, we, we didn't, I wouldn't say media, we didn't want to talk. We always said about the media about keeping it down and keeping it on a certain level. Tell us nothing. Tell you not, and you know, treat them like mushrooms. Keep them in the dark. <laughs> All this kind of thing. Here, I'm dropping you off here. Yeah, yeah. And here I am now doing a lot of media yeah. stuff. You know, it's, it's mental. But um, Brian would love teams to have bonding sessions, to have the crack. We went through the backdoor system in 2013. We were beating Dublin beaters, and we went through the back doors, and it was matches every two, two, three weeks. We were playing Waterford. We played Waterford, sorry, um, and we drew with them, and to that went to extra time. And after that game, none of us had shirts in the bag or jeans or whatever in the bag. Mm-hmm. We all talked because in two weeks' time we were playing Cork. Yeah. And Brian was kind of, I don't know whether he got just so excited or caught in the moment. He said, go out and enjoy tonight now, lads. Enjoy it. We're back in shoes tonight. We'll hit, hit the road again. We were kind of looking You're around. You're all looking going, around going, well, I didn't what? bring this shirt. Did you bring the shirt? <laughs> so, and you and all the preparing with the shirt. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. So Brian would love it. And he'd love team bonding and even our team holidays. He'd want everyone to go. Because oh, I, I think he did that attribute to the team. Mm. You know, and. It, it really did because great friendships out of it you know I still talk to the lads today and, and even on the pitch when you had that camaraderie shift and you know there's just that, just that fire now we were a very driven crew as well uh, but that definitely added to it as well the crack and the banter and you know the nights out yeah like I think the closer you are off the pitch it'll show on the pitch like you hear a lot of some of the successful teams talk about that and I definitely believe that's the case a lot of the time I suppose if, if, ever, if I ever had a regret it's maybe that I didn't live my life outside of Harlan to 100% that I could have. You know, I'm missing, I was so caught up in it that um, I might miss christenings or I might think if I had a match the day after, I would be talking about the match that might get into my head now. So I just oh, you just it. won't go? Yeah, I won't go, yeah. Okay, so you could have gone. It wasn't that oh, you yeah. had a game or you're training. Absolutely. You'd actually just avoid totally it. Totally my decision, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But what I learned after, and probably I learned towards the latter years of my life as well, if you go to these things, if you're living your best life off the field, it'll probably reflect on the field, that you're not too much caught up in it. Mm-hmm. You know? Look, I suppose Nolan Park for me is where it all began. Uh, I had great days at my club. I won a minor A in there for small clubs. It's a big achievement. We won a junior title as well. Um, we played Tipperary. As I said, about, you talk about summers even, a Bammy summers even, and a knockout, knockout round robin uh, in Nolan Park. And uh, I'll never forget, the bus 
down to Nolan Park that day. The crowd was in since about three or four o'clock. Match was on about six or seven, and there's no pre-match to it. So <laughs> and they're just waiting. No ticket to they want to get a good seat. So it was in, get your seat, and that mm. was it. And uh, it was the atmosphere was just electric, and so it was just it was, it was fantastic. That that's a massive moment. And Kenny just really came together. And I was down to play that day, and I actually didn't play. So I was on the program to play, but Brian said, "Look, you're not starting." So I could have been really kind of going, "It's all about me," but. The whole team just came together. The panel didn't matter. Didn't matter. We just had to win that day, mm-hmm. you know, because people are probably putting the nail in our coffin that this is the end of the Kenya team. Yeah, you know, and we didn't want that. And it was just a fantastic experience, and just even our supporters really got behind us as well. Um, so days like that, you know, I suppose 2006 has to be a big memory for me as well. I only kind of came on to the team. I wasn't really well known, and next thing I ended up with man in the match in an Ireland final. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I started there actually yeah. <laughs> there was only one way I was going to go, go. <laughs> there was nowhere to go after that uh, so that was a big moment because there was question marks over me and you know was I good enough was I this was I that I, I held the hurl wrong and you know did that slow down me strike all these things are being what said. people used to say that yeah 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 for sure there's, there's, I think there was an article written there one stage that uh, what I, way did you hold the hurl I hold the hurl with left hand on top yeah what, I, what's I, your main hand but I catch it with my left so my right hand is down the hurl. Yeah. So technically, I should catch with my left, and my left hand should be below my right hand. Yeah. That, that's the way it should be. Yeah. But I'm the opposite way. Right. Kind of like Walter Walsh, if he wants to go nowadays. He probably saw me and idolised me. And that must have been it. <laughs> and then he took your place. Exactly. And he took my place, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I held the hurl wrong. And that was a big talking point. And I went to CBS and Turles, and they tried to change me. And, uh, oh, no. I just couldn't get it. At what late. age were you it when they tried late. to change Actually, it? I was, I was 14, I was first year or whatever, I was 13, 14. So I just couldn't get it, I couldn't change, so I stuck with it. And look, just you proved that, them wrong, that moment, I wasn't proved them wrong, but that moment was just kind of going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a nice one. So moments like that, and I suppose the big thing is just the enjoyment of it all, as I said already, just, yeah, just the lads. and Just to come across such a driven group of guys, humble off the field, and that kind of environment of being involved with a team with just one goal, very intelligent lads, very driven guys, uh, very smart lads, but just one goal ahead. And we all kind of challenging each other. And if you talk about the, the four in a row team, it became kind of more challenging each other than it is other teams. You yeah. know, if you're lifting 80 kg, well, I ain't going to lift 90 kg. This, this, this kind of mentality. Driving each other driving on. Driving each other on, kind of unknowns to us and trying yeah. to get better ourselves in every aspect and I suppose trying to reach a potential um, you know, and it might sound hairy-fairy but trying to reach a potential and be the best you can be mm-hmm. and in that, in, in that environment with 30 to 40 guys yes, imagine, and the whole Brian Cody and Henry Shefflin story whatever went on did you ever read much into it or what really happened there I didn't really look the way I looked at it was there was two managers um, Brian Cody is a very driven man he wants to win mm-hmm. as with Henry Shefflin um, I think there was something in it if I'm being honest um, I think maybe Brian felt that Henry going to Galway was you know bringing all what he's learned and Henry being so much about Kilkenny and Kilkenny hurling and what he's done to it bringing all that knowledge to Galway because mm-hmm. um, Brian is an out and out Kilkenny man and as we all are and, and as Henry is as well I think maybe he felt that maybe there's a small bit of a betrayal now that's only looking at from me from the outside in uh, but I think there was something in it alright um, but in terms of the handshake like Brian to the draw game um, controversial free uh, you know Kilkenny could have easily won that game so Brian was probably seen you know, he's, he's in the thick of it yeah and uh, same with Henry I think he's in the thick of it I, 
after the handshake, I think 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, it could have been a totally different story. And then it happens again, yeah. um, where they barely shake hands, but they do shake hands, and Henry is the one who goes and initiates it. Yeah. Do you think that today, if they see each other, are they are they talking? Is there tension? Ah, no, I know. I think they're talking all right. I think the second handshake was nearly blown up in the media. Um, we're all looking forward to the handshake more so than the, the match itself. <laughs> <laughs> we're waiting to see what happens. So, look, I think off the field, two men are gentlemen, like, and they're, mm. they're GEA men and they're Kenny men, and I think they'd have they might even have a bit of an old crack maybe with it. Who's to know? But definitely didn't fall out over them. Yeah. yeah. And for Henry to go into management, um, was that always the way you seen him going? Was he this figure in yeah, the he, dressing room? He was really, yeah. Henry was always a leader. Um, no, great man. Um, brilliant stuff for his own Kenny, but he was always a bit of a leader. And, 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 like he wouldn't have spoken even a whole lot, but it was okay. more his leadership on, on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, now at times he did speak, but it's more what he done on the field and I suppose the presence he had and the calibre of the man he was. You know, like whatever he's won, but... He was so humble about it and, and uh, different things. But he was, you'd often talk about lads, and it's amazing now. We just talk like, who's going to media? Who's going to management? And <laughs> we all said, Henry's going to management, Derek Lehman's going to management, uh, Heritage going to coach, and, and true enough, it's, yeah, kinda, it's, 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 it's coming. Yeah, it's, it's coming to light now, so it's amazing. Lots of fond memories here, Taggy. Yeah. Um, ah, serious. Yeah. Look, at, even in terms of club level, look, we won a minor A county final here. We won our junior county final. Um, so whenever you're coming in around here, you know something special is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, even training wise with Kenny, summers evens coming in. You know, trying to be the best you can be, taking on the lads coming in for the banter, um, tough, hard training sessions, and then down to Langtons afterwards. Like this is where it all began. And as a kid growing up, was this always the aim? Like, did you come here as a youngster and say to yourself, I hope one day you'll be out there? Absolutely. Like, all I ever wanted to do when I was a young lad was play hurling. And every time you even heard Nolan Park, even in schools and stuff, you might be playing little blitzes inside. If you heard Nolan Park, you were kind of going, right, this is, this is serious. And mm-hmm. all. And just a, it's kind of a bit of an aura. You talk about Croke Park, but when you're, when you're small and growing up in the county like this, Nolan Park is where, where it all began. That's where the Kenny team train, and that's where all the meetings going on. And it's a special place. And all your Kenny trainings would have been here? We would have trained saying Kieran's and stuff in the dark nights. Uh, you know, very basic, dimly lit, you know, we're doing runs, we're really slogging it over. That's why we really wanted to get in here because that's when the hurling started. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when the training started, that's when the matches were. And that's where you kind of maybe put your hand up to say, yeah, put my hand up for the team. I just want to get into Nolan Park, get training and put the head down and do the best you can, mm-hmm. you know, and be on that team. And do you think Kenny hurling will look a bit different now that Brian Cody is away from things? It will, yeah. That'll look different, yeah. Look, even the, the figure of Brian on the sideline, you know, even that figure kind of gone. It's a, it's a loss. Uh, but I think Kenny himself, Kenny will move on. And Brian would have said it, even as a player's point of view. Players move on, Kenny move on, and look, managers move on. And now Derek is in, my own club man, you know, I wish him the best of luck. Uh, very shrewd, very good. Been to the ranks, played for Kenny. Uh, managed under Brian Cody who have the same ethos as Brian mm-hmm. you know subtle changes I'd imagine is going to happen um, nothing major uh, but definitely he's his own man and he'll bring a few little twists to the tail I'd say and I think when a new manager comes in it brings a new freshness there's excitement there's lads that maybe never got a look in with Brian and they're thinking to themselves now this is a fresh start this is a chance 
Absolutely, yeah. Look, um, I'm expecting a phone call myself from Derek any minute I'm get a call back in. But, You're uh, making the comeback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no free taker there, no problem. <laughs> I think anyone that may be on the fringes that we talked about kind of come, being on the team and now being off the team, mm. I think they have a right chance again all of a sudden because you just don't know the way Derek is going to think, what way the team is going to line up. Um, for lads that maybe didn't get a look in at all, they're going to be in the right position. Mm. I think all the players are going in on the same level, on the same par, and it's going to be a fresh team, and it's going to be a freshness to it, which I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Tiggy, thanks a million for joining me today. Not at all. I get the next one. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Brightburn Coffee is the official coffee partner of OTB. Whether you're traveling to work in the morning or training in the evening, Brightburn will give you the boost you need. Available at Apple Green locations nationwide. Each week, we are giving one lucky viewer a 100 euro voucher to spend on some Brightburn coffee goodness at an Apple Green store near you. To enter, check out at Off the Ball on Twitter. Just like and retweet our Brightburn competition post, and you're in the draw.